0: Long term, I want to build up my own brand is you can read, listen to, read all the books, listen to all the audio books and podcasts. But if you don't do something about it, it's all for nothing. So I've been more intentional about actually taking action. Uh, Sometimes you just got to let your mind rest. Like you can't always be going, going, going because then you're going to blow up. You're not going to be at peak performance. Sometimes you got to give your brain a rest, your body a rest and just do nothing and be okay with that. I get mistaken a lot for a hockey guy.
1: <laughs> he does.
0: You're also rocking the Canada accent, eh? I know, eh? Yeah. I got the hockey legs. I got the flow <laughs> from Canada.
2: <laughs> right. On that note, Martin, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, and how
0: you... Where do you up-
1: hail from? Yeah. That's a Canadian term. Where do you hail from?
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so from uh, from Toronto, eh? Uh my parents are from Poland. They came, I believe, in 96. I was born in 2000. Uh, first language was Polish. Didn't learn English until I was about four or five. Uh, born and raised in a suburb of Toronto. And then up until grade 12, um, moved to college out in Thomasville, Georgia, which is about half an hour from Tallahassee, Florida. Um, that was; Those were some of the best days of my life, just Playing soccer, out in the heat, you're wearing a short sleeve in February. It was awesome. And then did a year and a half there, came back for COVID uh, to Toronto for about eight months, Uh, started looking to transfer schools, and then I ended up in Erie, Pennsylvania at Mercyhurst. So I've been there for two semesters, and then opportunity came to, to come to Duluth uh, Shannon was gracious to, to host, and it's been absolutely incredible.
2: And, and what opportunity was it that brought you to Duluth?
0: Yeah, so what brought me out? The opportunity, yeah. So I play uh, semi pro soccer in Duluth, um, so in the MPSL. So it's basically a summer league um, for college and a bit older players. Uh, we have like a 12 game season, then playoffs, and then, then we go back to college. So he was part of the Arrowhead Road Boys. Yeah, the famous Arrowhead Boys of twenty twenty one, five of us.
2: Okay, and uh, you, Shannon, housed all of these individuals, correct?
1: Well, I was intending to house two, which was Martin and Pike, because they were going to do because they were going to intern with me. So when when the Duluth FC gets their roster. Uh, the coach and the the owner just kind of give me names and data about them, and I look and I say, okay, anybody need an internship? Because if they need an internship, we help them do that and check that box for college, and it's worked out well, and it's been a lot of fun and very enjoyable. And so kind of identified Martin and Alexander Pike, and Alex, Alex is from Thunder Bay, so the two Canadians. I'm like, yeah, hey, I've never had a Canadian before. I'm like, this will be fun. <laughs> um, and then we ended up with a third, Brendan Daly, because he was looking – to do some internship stuff with like business um, organizational psychology type business stuff, so I 'm like, okay, I'll take the three. that's fine. And then two other guys ended up uh, sort of orphans, and they were waiting for another house that, long story short, didn't completely happen. So that 's when we had the guy from Ireland and the guy from London who uh, so yeah, so we had South Africa, Canada, Canada, London, and Ireland. It was fun. They got along super well. Dang. It was really fun.
0: It was a great combo. Yeah.
1: It was a great combo. So then my two kids really enjoyed all of them. So, um, but Martin's the last man standing. So yeah. how come?
0: Uh, do we want to get into that? <laughs> sure. Uh, sure. Okay. Uh, season ended about three weeks ago, uh, middle of July. Uh, so if I went back home, I'd have to quarantine there for two weeks. And then if I would cross the border, I'd have to come back and quarantine at my school for 10 days. So basically, I'd be in quarantine for two and a half weeks. So I wouldn't be able to work. I'd obviously be locked up inside. Um, so I decided just to stay here, uh, have the opportunity to earn some money, keep training and live more a bit more of a free life. So. So, yeah. And the last three weeks have been absolutely incredible. I've been working and training, really. Um, so, yeah.
2: Okay. And so now that your season has ended here and you are headed back to college, correct? Yep. And soccer career there?
0: Yeah. So I play D2 soccer at Mercyhurst. i um, going into my fourth year, but because of COVID, I have another two seasons. Uh, so we're playing in the fall. We have a very good team. It's exciting. Uh, coach is good. He's brought in a lot of good players. We have a lot of good players. So I'm excited. I'm really looking forward to it.
1: What do you love about soccer, Martin? What do I love
0: about soccer?
1: How long have you been playing?
0: I started in my backyard and then really got really signed up when I was eight. I played for about three years, took about a year off, and then in elementary school, um, there was a bunch of Ukrainian kids, a bunch of Ukrainian guys. um, And they all played for this one Ukrainian team, and me being Polish... They're like, oh, Martin, you're Polish. Like, don't worry about if you're not Ukrainian. You got to come out. You got to come play. It's gonna be fun. So I'm like, okay, you know what? These are like, these are my best friends at the time. I'll do it. So I did that, and then just kept playing ever since. Uh, yeah, played a, on a Ukrainian team. Then beginning of high school, um, joined a bit better of a team called Etobicoke FC. Uh, played there for about three years. My last season, moved to North Miss, and then went went off to college. So uh, high so, yeah. school,
1: there's not high school teams; it's all club. There so is there's a difference there is high time. school,
0: but it's okay. it, it's a bad level. Like if, if you don't play club, like you're not getting recruited. You, like you're not good, I would say.
1: So so that's quite different than the U.S.
0: That's right. That's right. In Canada, the club is the is like the big deal. Is like the big time status. Yeah.
1: So you mentioned Ukrainian. So Toronto is is a very international. Melting pot. Yeah,
0: it's a melting pot, exactly. So
1: kind of describe the culture in Toronto a little bit.
0: You want a bit of Italy, you got Italy. Italy. Yeah. You want a bit of Asia, you got Asia. You want Polish, there's something for everyone. Um, Toronto, the greater Toronto area, it's about five million people. So there's like different clusters in different areas. So, so I think that's one reason. Um, I would say Canadians are more open-minded. They're nicer because they've had to... Accept different cultures, so then they open up their minds, they're more accepting to different cultures. So I think that's, that's, that's one reason where a stereotype does nicer. We have more immigrants and you're exposed to more.
1: Yeah, everybody likes Canadians.
2: Yeah, who doesn't like a good Canadian?
1: Who doesn't like a good Canuck? I
0: know, right? Eh? All
1: <laughs> right, eh? So interesting, so you went from that environment down to South Georgia, mm-hmm. which was almost North Florida, which is north florida very different georgia and florida if you're not understanding those cultures can be very very different but you were technically still in georgia yeah what surprised you the most when you got to the u.s and had you been in the u.s much prior
0: um just for tournaments so really not going out or meeting people except you know if you go to chipotle or grab some food you're meeting the whoever's taking your order Mm -hmm. um but yeah great question like it's very different, even north, like the north part of, of the US and the south part of the US, very different. Um, one of the first things that I noticed was um, in the south, it's a lot more family oriented, while in the north, it's a lot more work oriented, I would say. It's more the hustle bustle of the city, while down so- south, it's more um, family. It's a bit slower of a life. Um, so it was interesting to kind of see that. In the
1: north, the north, your exposure has been where when you say north?
0: Yeah, I mean uh, Toronto, Duluth, and Erie, Pennsylvania. Now, mm-hmm.
1: because your Duluth experience, in all fairness, has still been COVID, relatively speaking. Right. You know, but the um, so Erie, Pennsylvania, is a very industrial area. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because it's close. It's still in that you know industrial, very very industrial.
2: So when you say a slower lifestyle, wh- what do you mean by that? Because. I understand, but for anybody that's listening that has never really experienced some of the southern states and that environment, can you, can you describe what a slower lifestyle would mean?
0: Yeah. Um, I would say that down there, they work to live. And while up here, it's more live to work. So you do your hours and then you come back home and you're with your family. It's a lot more community-based. Uh, people are nicer. It's more, I would say, open door uh, while up in the north. I wouldn't, I wouldn't include Duluth in there because my experience in Duluth has been very community-based and, and I'm not trying to bash on the northern culture, just how it is. Um, it's a lot busier up north. Um, but yeah, more community-based, more family-based down south, I would say. It's almost like Europe. I've had uh, multiple European uh, teammates from Italy, Spain, and they say in Europe it's a lot. It's a lot slower. You take one-hour lunch breaks. You do a couple hours at work, and then you're talking. It's about conversation, about connecting relationships with people. Um, so yeah.
1: So it's really interesting that you point that out because. I've seen that as well, like the the Europeans and or, you know, are very, they're very relationship conscious, which is weird because they will say of their own countries, how much more relationship conscious the U.S. is. It's, it's just weird perspective of like, oh, I grew up there, so I see the underbelly. And then if you visit there, what you see on the first, you know, first glance. Um, the south, like I, I would go into a subway or I would go into somewhere and I mean, it's painful. It's painful how slow sometimes it takes.
2: Okay. <laughs> I, I literally was going to oh, give the gosh. example of my first experience road tripping and stopping in Georgia at a subway. Mm-hmm. It was horrendous. Like I almost left. Tell I was like,
1: it. oh, I was like, <laughs> literally, can I, can I help you? Can I like come behind the counter? And help like, I mean, it was painful.
2: Just, yeah, super slow. I think per person, it was like... It at least took her five minutes to make my sub.
1: Oh, if it was five minutes, I'd be happy. It was literally a a sub. I was just like going, hello, like, did you see me here? Like, can you just make progress? It was probably,
2: by the time we checked out, like, it was probably at least 10 minutes, if not 15, for two subs. Right. Like, that's unheard of here.
1: Right. So so it's interesting that you point that out, Martin, because as I've gotten to know you, you are all about the hustle. Yeah. All about so like how do you see yourself in observing, you know, this spectrum? Because it is a very, very common thing with entrepreneurs and business owners and startup people and marketing people and all of that to get absolutely caught up in what they're doing because they have a brain and a and a way to see things where they see opportunity everywhere. So it's really hard to put boundaries around that. You know, so it's very interesting that you're recognizing these various things. So, um, you know, just give me some feedback and some, you know, insight into that.
0: Yeah, no, I'm definitely more northern culture, always on the go, always, always doing something. I think a bit of that is obviously my upbringing because I I was raised in Toronto. Um, And the other side of that is my mind is always working. So if I'm not doing something, I feel bad because I don't feel I'm productive. And when I don't feel productive, that's when I, I don't feel good about myself. And I think beginning of the summer, Shannon and I think Brandon Dally, we, uh, we had this conversation about uh, sometimes you just got to let your mind rest. Like you can't always be going, going, going because then you're going to blow up. You're not going to um, be at peak performance. Sometimes you got to give your brain a rest, your body a rest and just do nothing and be okay with that. Um, well,
1: because sometimes rest, it's productive. That's like right. it is productive to rest and give yourself that margin, and you have to frame it that way to understand it as that.
0: Yeah, so I've been a bit more conscious this summer. I would say to give myself uh, the breaks and uh, the pr- the breaks and the time off that I need, um, just so I can enjoy that that lo- uh, longevity. So, so yeah.
1: So an example of this, I'll just, I was just going to ask. Yeah. So an example of this, um, I thought it was very, uh, what's my word? Not intuitive. Uh, it was very insightful that Martin had this, you know, insight of himself because he's been working here at the shop, which has been great. So people like Martin are high performers, you know, and they, they catch on to things really fast and they adapt really quickly. And, um, as we've come, you know, through COVID and just, you know, high staff turnover. And a lot of times it's not the fault of the staff. It's just things in their life change really quickly. So then we've been the, you know, recipient of that change. Mm -hmm. So they showed up at a time where we just had some pretty serious gaps. And I was like, well, are you guys game? And they're like, yeah, let's do it. So I'm like, okay. I just threw them in and in beautiful, high performing athletic style, you know, they just got in, they adjusted, they figured it out and it was awesome. And so as they start, their season starts. Duluth FC season starts, and Martin started off fantastic, and then he had a couple of games in there where it was just like, man, he's just getting in his own head, you know. And it's because he over—he's a, a high-level thinker, so you can high-level think yourself out, you know, out of performance. Like your performance goes down because you're just thinking through things so much, mm-hmm. and so he comes and he says, "Hey, can you schedule me?" to work like just a couple hours on game day because I just need, I need to get out of my own head. And I was like, sure. I'm like, if you think you can handle that, like, you know, cause I want them to have whatever space they need on game day to do whatever. And I was like, sure. And I thought that was very insightful just to be like, I'm going to focus here because it's busy at the shop. I can do X, Y, Z, you know, and it helps me get out of my head cause then I'm not overthinking things too much. And then I get on the field and I just do. And I'm like, that was very insightful.
0: And it worked. It was awesome. It was my pregame routine, work at the shop two, three hours, uh, take a nap, um, eat, eat a good dinner, uh, do something light, productive before the game, get ready for the game. And then, yeah. Be the my,
1: last one out of the house. Martin, let's go. I know, it? right?
0: If, if there's one thing one thing that you're going to learn living with me or being around me, I'm always two, three minutes late. Um, and you just have to accept that. <laughs> there's no way around it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, there there was uh, I think the second or second game of the season, I was just it was a big game. I was overthinking it so much. I from the night before to the morning of bus right there. I was just thinking, think, thinking, thinking about the game, um, and I played poorly. I got too much in my own in my own head, and then I remember sitting at the dinner table with Dali and Shannon, and we had that conversation about um, giving yourself a rest. Um, Sorry, no, different timelines cut. Yeah. Um I well, remember having a bad game and then I'm like, I gotta change something. I'm overthinking. Remember talking with uh my teammate back at Mercy or still in uh and he was saying, just it's football, it's not that important. Get out of your own head. Um and that kinda like that that was like a switch. I'm like, so then the next game, I'm like, I'm not gonna think about the game, it's not that important in the grand scheme of things what do you know, I play a great game. And ever since then, um, I tried to stay busy, get my mind off it, and and it worked.
1: Well, because, and we also had the conversation where at the level you're playing at, you have to trust your training. You have to trust that you've gained a high-level skill set, at least to a point. You know, you guys aren't professional yet, but you're you're playing at a high level. You've got good skill set. You have to trust that instinct. Mm -hmm. Not like you don't train, not like you don't prepare, not like you, I mean, of course you do those things but you can over-prepare where it chokes yeah. you out.
0: You when know? it's time to prepare, train, get uh, mentally ready, you do that. Everything else, get your mind off it, trust it, let it soak into your subconscious.
1: Yeah, trust your instincts. Right. You know? And Martin so, was literally one of my most fun players to watch, and I don't know much about soccer. I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to learn as the years go by. You know? But I understand athletics. I understand strategy. I understand like just... You just see what you see, you know? And Martin was so fun to watch with, you know, being a defensive player and just the reactiveness. Like, the ball's coming. He just would react, and then, you know, he blocks this or blocks that. And I was just like, Da Martin! You know, I mean, we're just, you know. I tried not to be one of those yelling-in-the-stands people, but I couldn't help it. Sometimes we were yelling. Because you got the goalkeeper. You got the defenders. You got, I mean, they're, Great. they're the people who are saving the day, you know? So, yeah. And funny. I think
0: a lot of people will say, oh, just soccer. You're just kicking the ball around. But I think the lessons that you learn from soccer, the like, lessons you learn through soccer, you can tra- transfer that to the everyday life. Like For example, taking the pressure off, not thinking about it. Next, if I, after I'm done soccer, I'm doing a sales meeting. Uh, before, if I didn't play soccer, maybe I'd be overthinking it, and then I'd fumble in the sales meeting. Uh, but now that I've learned this lesson, uh, I'll prepare, I'll do my homework, my research, whatever. And then not think about it when it's time to go into the sales meeting. Uh, I'll just perform there. So yeah. so yeah.
1: Life is a team sport.
0: So back at school, when you're playing
2: soccer, do you feel that school provides you enough of like a like work or enough to get you out of your head prior to games, or did you have a strategy to? Get out of your head while you're at school.
1: Yeah, like what's the different environment between now that you've experienced Duluth FC, now going back to Mercyhurst, you know, because not everybody's had this privilege to play, you know, a semi-pro season. So how has that changed you?
0: Okay, so first, uh, the first question. Um, So actually, during the spring, I played three games before I got COVID and then was out for the rest of the year. Um, My first game after COVID, after probably a year and a half. I was a nervous wreck why <laughs> I, I I was thinking about it the day before I made sure I was eating the right foods i uh, went to get the proper rest all all the right stuff just in preparation for the game and I got in my own head the same thing in the morning, visualizing thinking about the game all day, and then once I got in i I was terrible i i was I was terrible you could see I was nervous i was couldn't make a simple pass couldn't make a simple kick uh, so yeah i'm glad that. I had the opportunity to play semi-pro here, uh, get good minutes and, and really learn more about myself, my preparation. Uh, so yeah, just looking to take these lessons and, and apply them in moving, moving into the fall and, and, uh, I guess my life ahead.
1: What are, what are some of those big takeaways that you've had from Duluth from just we'll talk about just soccer particularly. Yeah.
0: Soccer first, my confidence has gone up, um, playing good minutes, performing well, uh, Second, um, I've learned more about myself. Um, I think my mentality last couple weeks has been the best it's ever been in terms of um, mind over matter, uh, your mind being able to overcome your body. Um, one of the biggest we've obviously talked about at length now is taking the pressure off, how to, how to perform. Um, but yeah, biggest thing, confidence, and I would say how to prepare for games, taking the pressure off. Um, yeah.
1: What about just your overall time in Duluth?
0: Oh, it's been unbelievable. I've been last three weeks I've just been working labor at the coffee shop, um, just go, go, go. Um, and I've been lucky enough to have Shannon as a host family, who's, been, who's basically Duluth LinkedIn, who connects me with a- anybody or anything I need. <laughs> um, so I've been working labor jobs, making good money there, um, and then I was lucky enough to obviously have these opportunities to make a bit higher paying uh, more, more money. So I'll, last three weeks, I've all gone into this new car that I bought yesterday. So um, yeah, it's a good feeling, you know, just working hard for something and then reaching that goal.
1: Okay, so we'll tell the story about the car. But first, <clears throat> you said I'm the Duluth LinkedIn, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give this kid a lot of credit. Dude puts out a advertisement on Craigslist and just says, yo, I'm here if you need stuff. <laughs> And thinking maybe I'll get... I'm like, you are going to get so many responses to that. You're not going to know what to do. And so they started just pouring in. No kidding? Yeah.
0: yeah. $5 post and the amount of messages I've got, I could be busy for the next two weeks if I I took down the ad today. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So... So I'm telling people, $5 post, I've probably made 1500 2000 off that post. So what is that? 4, 40X. So if you're looking for Facebook ads, Google ads, I'll get you 40X. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, it, but it's been fun, though, talking through, like, you have X amount of hours. But here's the thing: you're smart, you're strong, you work fast. Da da da. So, so what? How to sort through those jobs? You know, how to sort through what jobs you should take? How do you talk to those people? How do you negotiate? How do you agree on jobs? Um, you know, and Jeremiah and David came with you to you know a few things. But it's really, I think, just even that. You know, watching you do that, I was like, how many people right now are seeking after doing hard work? And right? to see him, you know, reap the fruits of that is awesome.
2: It's also very interesting watching you light up when you talk about doing work, mm-hmm. which is something you do not see a lot of people do. Mm-mm. Like you can tell you get, you're excited about it, <laughs> which, which is right. which is weird to me. I need but, to
0: stay productive. Like, right. But, but you, it's
1: exciting because especially now over the last, you know, while, you know, people are just excited about how they can scam a system and get money and I'm going to tell you every single kid in my house this summer. They were just like, man, if there's ever any opportunity to work, like they just they want to work. They get excited to work and they get excited to get paid. And like again, this is why one of the reasons why I keep hosting these Duluth FC guys because they're just good caliber humans. Yeah. Because if you're playing at a semi pro level, it just tells me a lot about your character. You know, there's always the outliers, but generally speaking, you know, you're going to be disciplined. You're going to be okay working. You're going to be figuring out how to be able to be part of a team. You can take correction. You can, you know, right. so it just, it's been fun. So yeah, so he's got this w- wad of money now and his goal was to get, a, <clears throat> to get a car so he can drive back to Pennsylvania. Been car shopping forever. So I'm like, all right, Martin, let's jump on Facebook Marketplace because I've sourced a lot of kid cars in my life. So let's just start hammering it out. So we were just sitting there, you know, doing all this. We come across this ad of this older Toyota Avalon. And I'm like, okay, that's the highest level Toyota. That's a good start. It's got a good engine. This, and that. Yeah. this ad was like super detailed. I'm like, dude, perfect. They've yeah. replaced
0: everything. And when she first told me about it, Toyota Avalon. Never heard about that in my life. Yeah. Two days later, later, <laughs> yeah. I'm buying the car. Yeah,
1: right. So, wait, so I just messaged and this lady was like, ah, my husband knows about it. Can he call you? Because he doesn't do Facebook. We're like, sure. This dude calls. He's got like personality oozing everywhere. He's just super fun to talk to. I'm like, I feel like I've known this guy forever. And he's like, yeah, this was my mother-in-law's car, and she, like, never drove it. So it has, like, 100,000 miles on it. Yeah, it's almost 20 years old. It's got 100,000 miles on it. So then he did everything on it because it was his daughter. His daughter was driving it for, like, a year, maybe, like, a year. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm like, perfect. That's exactly what you want. The dad who makes sure that the car is perfect for the kid. Right. You know? So then plans the next day, him and my son, David, drive down there, you know, going to check out a few cars, this and that, da-da-da, drive this car. When you get there, and I, I text the dude, I'm like, hey, they should be there pretty soon. He's like, oh, I'm stoked. I'm so excited to meet them. And I'm like, who are you? You know, I mean, he's just the nicest guy. And then you guys had your experience there, which you can talk about in a second. But then when you left, the dude texts me and says man, those two boys, super well-rounded, great job, mom. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I can't take any credit for that, but thank you, you know, it's a (laughs) nice compliment. Hopefully there's some good humans that are in their, you know, early 20s (laughs) coming in there. Um, But turns out, who's this guy, Martin? I'm like, so me, just understanding how he's talking, I'm like, Martin, you got to find out what he does for a job.
0: Yeah, so this guy's the equipment manager for the Minnesota Wild, and as of next week, Philadelphia Flyers. And he was so gracious, a really funny guy as well. Um, he said, That is cool. We're going to be six hours away. He's uh, going to be in Philly. I'm, I'm in Erie, Pennsylvania. He said, If I'm ever down in Philly, I'll hook you up with tickets. Uh, so, because so, yeah. you do look Super like a hockey player. Fan. Yeah, baby. <laughs> you got the
1: Canadian accent. <laughs> so you can walk in there with your hat well, backwards. Let's go. <laughs> Road trip. <laughs> Finding fire road trip, let's go.
0: It's on. You got to interview this guy. The amount of stories he has working with pro athletes, definitely. But he was super
1: fun. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I feel like I've known you and your wife forever. Like, you need to come north for the weekend. Like, come hang out and deliver. (laughs) He's like, totally. I'm like, oh my gosh. So yeah. So he got himself a car that he worked super hard to get. And now he's going to be driving in style tomorrow night, leaving. So, yeah. Uh,
2: so I want to talk about one thing quick before we move on. Yeah. You mentioned on Craigslist. You said a five dollar ad. Five dollar ad. So uh, it's been a long time since I've used Craigslist for really anything. Can, can you explain the five dollar ad? Like you paid to put an advertisement out on Craigslist?
0: Because yeah, I
1: thought that was all free. They're charging though.
0: Yeah. It's five, so I offered my service. Uh, so I believe if you're offering a a service or if you want to list like a car, for example, it's a five, it's a five dollar fee. So, I mean, that works for me because honestly, it takes out like all the joking players that just fills up the fills up the timeline. So then mm-hmm. there's less people, there's less competition, I guess. Um, so I'm I was happy to pay the five dollars. And as, as I said, I've probably made. No, 200 to 300x on it.
2: Okay. Yeah. I was just curious on how that worked because, as far as I knew, it was all free. Like, yeah. When, when I used to post my cars on Craigslist, it was free. I guess they got to make money like somehow. Eventually, yeah. They, good job.
1: So, we're here in the coffee shop after hours doing this, right? So, yeah. Matt's got everything set up. Martin walks in, and I'm going to tell you something I know about both these guys. You and you are really good at asking questions. Like, that's literally probably the first thing I noticed about Martin. I'm like, who is this guy that is, like, so tuned in to what's happening? And he just asks these incredibly pertinent questions, which tells me that he's engaged and he's paying attention to mm-hmm. things, right? And so within 10 seconds, you guys start talking about podcasts. And you're like, hey, who's your favorite podcast, this and that, da, da, da. And immediately you're like, you know, the two of you are just jabbering each other. And both of you just say, Gary Vee. I've heard incessant amounts of Gary V this summer, which I already liked Gary Vee. I already knew about Gary Vee. So Martin's like, you know Gary Vee? I'm like, yeah, I know Gary V." <laughs> and then I'm like, this is so much of your life. So what is it about Gary V that you guys like so much?
2: Look like at both of you. are like, who's going to answer first? <laughs> who's going to go? <laughs> Martin, take it away. Let's hear your, let's hear yeah, your thoughts.
0: I, I got into Gary Vee and started listening to him uh, in high school. And he was, I guess, uh, I liked what he was saying about just hustling, no excuses, take accountability. That was, I think, one of the biggest lessons I took away from him. Whatever happens, whether it's your fault or not your fault, it's your fault. Take 100% accountability. And it's not always 100% true, but it's the mindset that you have the ability to change things, things are on you. So whether if things are not going astray or if things are going astray you have the ability to change that by the things that you can control rather than sulking and playing victim and all that stuff. So I think that was my biggest lesson from him.
1: Yeah. And what I've seen with Martin, because there's, you know, there's always dynamics when you're part of any group, you know, and, and watching some, you know, high octane athletes, you know, there's, It's not like mean, but there's aggression, you know, whatever happening. And there was so many times that Martin could have taken offense to like a lot of things going on. And I watched this guy again and again and again, just never take offense to literally anything. And I was like, wow, that's pretty impressive. And there's a brain training that has come from that. You know what I mean? Like, that's just not a natural thing, you know? And then so talking more about like what he's learned from Gary Vee and like, no matter what comes your way, whether it's your fault or not your fault... I take accountability that I can change it. So that's pretty amazing. So anything necessarily, what was the instigating factor of how did you come across Gary Vee? Or is there any, just you just happened to run across him? Or like, what was going on like in your life that you really gravitated and grabbed it? You know, yeah. anything in particular?
0: Um, I guess summer, grade nine, my parents separated. So that was almost like a depressing stage of my life. So I, I just really got into YouTube um, and I got into the self-improvement, self-development. And obviously Gary Vee is top of the list, especially five years ago of that. Um, so yeah, I came across him and, and then just spiraled into listening to other people. Uh, so yeah, what did you like about Gary Vee?
2: So my, my journey into Gary Vee, as far as his content, I think that when I found Gary Vee, I was in a very shitty place in my professional life. Um, I did not like going to work. I did not like what I was doing. What Um, were you doing at the time? I was selling IT. I loved the people at the company that I was with. I just, I didn't enjoy IT sales. I didn't really enjoy learning about IT. It didn't fire me up. And then you're online and you stumble across this guy that says, you should be going out doing whatever the heck you want go out and just do it stop thinking about it stop talking about it and from a a motivational standpoint to get me to start looking at other avenues and opportunities of what was out there he did that for me so I hadn't listened to a podcast up until two years ago And, and now we're all podcast junkies and now here we are podcast junkies and producers
0: yeah, pursuing dreams.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. So, that's my story, at Gary V.
0: What's your favorite part about podcasting?
2: I really enjoy like getting to know the individuals that I'm talking to. Like, people's stories are super interesting, and like just their skill set and their motivation and their intrinsic drive. Like, that really interests me. Um, same thing with like as a, a leader in previous roles. Like, I'm always fascinated to find out what makes people tick and what motivates them. And in turn, how I can get them to be motivated and produce their best results. How about you? You listen to a bunch of podcasts. What's your favorite part about listening to podcasts?
0: Honestly, um, and this may or not may not be true, but I feel like by listening to like business self-improvement podcasts, it's... Feeding that craving of always wanting to improve. Um, someth- sometimes I'm just listening and I get nothing from it. Um, and sometimes there's some real gold nuggets in there. Yeah. So, yeah.
2: And I think that's the important thing that people need to realize with podcasts. Like You may listen to a podcast and you need to be able to pull out the one or two things that are going to speak to you. Because not every podcast is great. Not every Gary Vee thing that I listen to is like, oh, my God. But there could be that one piece that you're like, you know what? I need to implement that or try that. Yeah. So, like, as an adult, you need to.
1: Well, and here's the thing that I appreciate so much about Gary Vee is the fact that he doesn't really care. Like, he doesn't care if you are, if he's a big shot. And in fact, he'll even say, like, listen, I'm, I, I'm going away. Like, I will dissipate. Like, if I die tomorrow, people like probably won't even remember me in a week type of thing. Like, he has a healthy appreciation for the fact that the goal is not to be a superstar. The goal is not to be an influencer. The goal is not to be, like, everybody knows my name. Like, he's, like, the anti, you know, Hollywood star, if you want to say. You know, and he doesn't do it to... Like, that's not, like, necessarily his brand. You know, he doesn't do it to try to be cool. Like, he's just, like, he's, he's rubber meets the road. Here's where, here's where, you know, you got your feet on the street. And that's where the hustle is. You know, and I'm just mm-hmm. like, okay, that's cool. It's like hustle and work, not just fake it till you make it thing. Right. You know, and I'm like, okay, I like that. You know, I like that.
0: Yeah, that's also one of the biggest things I've learned probably in the last six months is you can read, listen to, all, read all the books, listen to all the audio books and podcasts. But if you don't do something about it, it's all for nothing. So I've been more intentional about, intentional about actually taking action. So, yeah.
2: Yeah. That's so true.
1: And Martin is always saying, what do you think I could have done better? What do you think, I, you know, and I'm like, that's, that." passionate search for self-improvement is fantastic and we've even had some conversations where I'm like but that also can become your idol and you got to be very careful about that like both you guys are shaking your heads it's like everybody who like all of us I think all of us are the same here sitting at this table where we just genuinely find it super fun to get better at something and to learn about something like it's fun but there's also that you know Backhanded weakness, you know, of that. Yeah,
0: there's always two sides to everything. Like, I have an obsessive uh, personality. So, once I dive into something or start something, I go full on for a little bit. And then, one thing, maybe that's not so good, I don't stay with it. And then it just kind of falls off. Um, So, obviously, the good thing about that is you're going 100%, you're going, 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 you're being productive, you're doing a lot. Uh, but then it's harder to stay consistent because you do fall off. Yeah.
1: And what we've learned, I feel like, Matt, like as we get older, we're not old, <laughs> but um, as, <laughs> as you get more mature and wise mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. business, you realize consistency is king. Yeah. So you can be mediocre at what you do, but if you are consistent, you will eventually get the results. So if you add that with some dedicated focus, right, along with the consistency, it has no choice but to eventually, you know, pan out unless there's some crazy things you got to be aware of what you're seeing around you, but generally speaking.
2: Yeah. I I agree 100%. Like as we're getting more mature, mm-hmm. <laughs> like life is life is busy. Like you just have to, you have to stick with it. You have to keep carving out the time to do it and follow through on what you're going to do. And what you set out to do initially. But like, like you said, like you could go balls to the wall and boom, 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 boom pump out a hundred pieces of content in a month. And yeah, you could make a, a flash in the pan where people are like, holy cow, who is this person? And then if you don't continue to put out that content, and you just fall off. Well, I'm going to, you know what? It's August. Like, I just, I really need a vacation right now. I'm going to take a break. Like, what does that say about you? Like, you just fall off the map.
1: Mm-hmm. So, so I, I've turned into a PBS nerd where I just like, apparently that's the only thing I watch on TV when I'm sitting there and doing work and Rachel Hollis, Hollis, Hollis? Yep. Yeah. The girl wash your face. So she's on, I'm like, Oh, interesting. And she made a statement. She's like, yeah, it was the overnight success that worked hard for 12 years. Yup. Like that's what it is. And people don't realize that. So, yeah. Um, so I see this in Martin a lot, you know, right. so it's going to be really fun to see where Martin goes and what he does in life. And, um, I'll be like, yo, he stayed at my house one summer, you know, and he was slinging drinks at Yellow Bike and, you know, it'll be really fun to well, see yeah. where he goes.
0: What's your major? I'm doing marketing and finance. Um, so because of the COVID year, I've um, got another another season to play. So I picked up a second degree. So now I'm doing the marketing and finance.
2: And what is, what is the long-term goal? So you play soccer, you've played semi-professional soccer, you're going to have a uh, credible degree that you can actually go out and do something with what do you want to do in uh, let's just call it three to five years where do you expect to be or want to be
0: entrepreneur i want to have my own thing i want to be calling my own shots i don't like when people tell me what to do Um, wait
1: says the boss sitting right here wait a minute you've been working for me all summer
0: (laughs) i know but you're not very bossy like i have an idea and you're like yeah i'm gonna do it like i I wanted to give out i listened actually to gary v uh and he had a and he had the bar guy on. He, he had the bar, bar and restaurant guy on. He's excited because he was like, I mean, we're going. He's like, I'm, in, I'm
2: going
1: like, to right? tell you how much of your product I just gave away free. So yeah, here's the story. Here's the story. Here's how so, I just gave away your money, Shannon.
0: So the bar guy says, if a customer comes in for the first time, they have a good experience. The percentage that they come back for the second time is forty percent. They come back the second time, they have a good experience again. Percentage that they come back again is forty percent they have a good experience the third time, percentage they come back for a fourth is 70%. So then it's all about how do we get them uh, to, to go from first to second visit and have that higher than a 40%? Well, they're more likely to come back for that second visit if they have an incentive. So I told Shannon, let's, let's start giving out free scones. If, like if After having a conversation with them, uh, you find out they're, they're there for the first time, like, Let's give him a free scone.
1: Yeah, I'm like, great. We can't even keep up with sto- scone percentages in early production. You're like giving away free scones. It's funny. I'm like, you know what? Do it. I said, Martin, just do it. So he's like, where's your business card? So I just give him a business card. I'm like, he's probably giving out dozens of these. Yeah. <laughs> but I let him do it because why? He engages people. And people have took notice. I'm like, dude, you know, if things bust out of college, you're welcome to come back here. So no, yes, yeah, so I gave him free rain. I'm like, okay, go ahead. So here's what he does.
0: Yeah, so I start... Conversations with people, I find out they're there for the first time. I take the little business card as business as you can get, and I take my black marker and I write <laughs> "free scone." And then <laughs> <He> the, signs <laughs>
1: his initials. And then, so then I at least, like, initials. like when they come in, it's not like some random person yeah. who just.
0: <laughs> and then one guy that uh, one thing that the guy said was make it personable, make them feel special. So by writing it in front of them, it doesn't feel like they're just another one that walked in through the door. It feels like they're someone special because you're you're doing that for them. So then hopefully um, they come back more. (laughs) But going back how this started, uh, Shannon just like, I'm giving out her product, but she let me have the reins and she let me execute my idea. And that's where I thrive, where um, I have the autonomy to make my own decisions. So as an entrepreneur, I think I can do that.
1: So these cards have come back in. And you were actually here when one or two of them came. One of them, them yeah. yeah. So,
0: so they come get the free scone and then they buy more with it. So Shannon, it's, uh, it's not, they come back for more as well.
1: Oh, I'm They're 100% behind money. it. Yeah. Like, but one of the things over COVID, because I, I am very much... In fact, today, Jeremiah, my oldest son, who's the GM here, he's like, I said, Jeremiah, knowing we have these new things, it overwhelms you. He says, not that it overwhelms me, but you don't put all the pieces in place. And then you just roll things out. And then I got to pick up the pieces. And I'm like, I know, I know. So I'm very much... So when I see Martin, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's the 22 version, 22 year old version of myself. I just laugh, Um, but I've learned to put restraint on certain things, Mm -hmm. you know. But when he has these ideas, I'm like, do it, like go ahead and just do it and see what happens. And it's been really fun to see how excited he gets about things. So I'm just like, all right, when Yellow Bike, when we do an IPO for Yellow Bike, Martin, I'm going to send him the first text. (laughs)
0: Yeah, no, I love finding like the. How can we get better by 1%? Yeah,
2: I mean, I, I love creative sales and creative marketing. So good work. Yeah. I, I love it. I thrive on it. It's awesome. So, do you, want a, do you so want a job, Matt? I'll work for you.
1: Perfect. I can pay you in scones. They're and good. coffee. They're, they're good. Delicious. Oh, they're <laughs>
0: unbelievable. They make your day.
1: <laughs> okay, in fairness, they are super good, and we can't keep up with them. Like, we can't yeah. keep up with production, so we're trying to solve that problem. Because this is, this is the, the, the curse of the entrepreneur. The curse of the entrepreneur is like, there is so much opportunity. But how do you balance the opportunity with the ability to execute? Yeah. And it's, re- it's been so hard for me over this last year to hold back on certain things, because I know once I take that step forward, I have to maintain and if you can't maintain, don't start. You know, I mean, in one mm-hmm. sense. So I, it's just been really, that's been a dance that's been happening for a couple years
2: now. So question that you may not have the answer for. Have you thought about what type of business you want to run?
0: Long term, I want to build up my own brand um, or have, have like an own brand and like a product uh, where you're kind of known for that brand product kind of ish. Uh, Right now, uh, last year I started a small marketing agency um, with one of my friends from back home. He was one of my old bosses and then we kind of hit it off and started a marketing agency. Um, So that's very service-based, but long-term I see myself having a product. In, in and you business.
2: run this agency while you're in school?
0: Yeah. Um, okay. Doing as much as I can. Probably could be doing more, should be doing more. Um, what? It, it's tough.
2: Okay. What what motivates you to do that? Like
1: Most kids are playing video games during their downtime, and you're like on your computer over at the table. And I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm talking to the guy because we've got this salon. And, where is it? Uh, Toronto. In Toronto, that we're doing marketing for, so we're, you know, and then he's asking me questions about this, that, I'm like going kids are usually in their room playing video games and here's him. Yeah.
2: I, I mean, I'm just curious like, I, I worked two jobs during college you know, I was a server and was slinging some sunglasses at Sunglass <laughs> Hut and did the school thing, but like to start your own marketing agency, like that's like a pretty big step while you have a full plate of soccer and school
0: yeah um, like I said um, I was really into the self-development one skill that I started learning was like marketing Um, and then my business partner he's a lot better he's a lot better on networking he knows a lot of people and once he noticed that I kind of have a knack for for marketing sales Uh, he's like great let's let's do something um, but I wouldn't be able to do it without him, um, for sure. Um, yeah, and, mm-hmm. and, and before you ask me, like, what drives me to do all this, I think it goes back to having to stay productive. Um, so obviously, when we first started it, I was all in with the obsessive mentality. Uh, this summer, if I'm being honest, I've kind of fallen off um, in terms of with the business. I think that's my fault now. Oh, is it your mom? Mom's oh my gosh, answer
1: it. She's calling me like seven times. Oh my seven. gosh, answer, answer. Okay, so perfect segue because mom's calling. Okay. You're from a Polish family. Like legit, mom calls and you're not speaking English. You're speaking Polish. Yeah. To your mom and your dad. So I'm Polish. I'm a Tansky. And I was like, oh, you're Polish? Can your mom please teach me how to make pierogies?
2: I don't know what that is. What? 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 No. A what?
0: Pierogi. A pierogi? It's like a uh, smaller empanada, but better. <laughs> but better. So here we
1: are, we're rolling out. We're you know, talking to mom. She's you know, on speaker, and you know, he's mixing the dough and this and that. We made pierogies, and they were, well, I busted a few out boiling them, you know, whatever. But anyway, they ended up really good. And here's the thing. That was a great meal. That was a great meal. So I packaged some up. I walked three doors down to where my parents live. So my dad, you know, he's he's Polish like that his his mother was from uh, Sweden and the and the dad was Polish. And so uh yeah, he takes a bite cuz he was kind of like, "Oh, what are you giving me?" whatever. And, and he takes a bike and I'm not kidding like his face lit up. And he's like, oh, "Like this is really good." And my mom tasted it. She's like, "This tastes just like your mother's." So I was like,
0: yeah, that was I'm awesome. like,
1: yeah, I know. We just, we nailed it. Boom. Boom. And I was like, you just made the Polish people very happy around here. No Polish jokes included. He doesn't even know Polish jokes.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm not very good at those.
1: Yeah, it's okay. It's good. Cut all that out. Polish jokes is so horribly racist. So, okay, <laughs> whatever. Anyway, the, Poli- right. the Polish heritage has been really fun. It's been really fun. And his dad, what does your dad do? Uh,
0: He does taping, labor. First thing he could find to make the most money was blue-collar, hands-on work, and that's what he's been doing.
1: So Martin helped, I said, do you know how to do that? And he's like, yeah. So Martin has helped me fix holes in the wall. And there's a nice little one that's a perfect size with a skateboard because the skateboard went <laughs> flying through the wall. So he's been patched, he patched a bunch of holes, which has been fantastic. So yeah. Awesome. That's, you know. my,
0: that's my rent there, <laughs> <laughs> patching up holes. <laughs> 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 so two things. Uh, before you mentioned that you love the creative part of sales, what's one thing that you kind of do or you've kind of done that's, that, that would be an example of that. So as far as creative sales go, um,
2: I've done a lot of things. Um, I'm going to talk about staffing. Uh, I used to drive a little Kia around that was decked out with an express guy, express staffing if you ever heard of him. And I would drive all over, knock on 100 doors a week. And there was this one client that I wanted to get into so bad. Um, I think I stopped at least 27 times before I got an in and they actually agreed to a meeting. Um, but I did everything from,
1: okay, don't, don't, don't skip by that literally 27 times. Mm -hmm. Okay. So how do you visit somebody 27 times and not have them so annoyed that they walk? they see you walking through the door and they say, get out of here, Matt.
2: You have to provide value. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's my question. What did you like? How? What did that look like? A couple of things. One, I would bring flyers like, "Hey, here's the economic, you know, report for this area. Here's the unemployment rate. All right, we're sitting at four point two percent or a three point seven percent. Like this is unheard of. We have workers like, which is functionally
1: zero for anybody who doesn't understand those numbers. That's a functional zero unemployment.
2: Right. So there's literally in our town with a population of a hundred thousand you have like 2000 people not working 3000 people not working mm-hmm. right so it's it's hard to find employees at that point in time so a company that needed employees like hey here's what i'm providing you like i'm telling you like this is what the market is this is how we work this is you know how we're going to support you in your business um i would make really great friends with gatekeepers Um, If I saw a gatekeeper, a receptionist, have a Red Bull at her desk or a Peach Red Bull, I know that the next time that I walked into that building, I would have a Peach Red Bull with me and say, hey, I saw that you uh, had one of these last time. Here's a little pick-me-up. I'm just wondering if you can connect me with anybody that can talk to me about X. Um, People
1: people do not properly respect the power of the front front of the house people. Yeah. Those receptionist ladies, they are the gatekeepers, 100%. Yeah.
2: I mean, you can't just go into a building 27 times and say, here's my business card and walk away. Here's my business card. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you got to give give them something to like bite on, right?
1: And this is a small, I, I described Duluth as a really, really big small town. So you yeah, can't just right. cold call like that and you have to actually become friends, legitimate friends with people.
2: Yeah. Um, I think the most unique thing I've done is I mailed a two-by-four out to somebody once.
1: Oh, my gosh. Can you tell What's the
2: story? story there? Yeah. Um, same client uh, was not giving me the time of day, um, and I just I went out. They wouldn't return my calls at this point in time or my emails. Um, I verified that they were the person that I needed. I went out. I bought a two-by-four. I took a chunk of it and wrote... Hey, X, Y, Z, my name is Matt. I've been trying to get a hold of you. I'm the most persistent salesperson you'll ever meet. I won't let you down. Here's my number. Give me a call when you're ready.
0: I got their attention.
1: And no explanation on the two by four? Nope. Did they call you? Yep. And they said, <laughs> what's up with the two by four?
2: I got your, I got your two by four. Thank you. We can, uh, we can chat. Um, and they, they brought me in at that point and said, look, we're not looking right now, but when we are, uh, I'll, I'll keep you posted. So that was fun. Was there any reason for the two by four? Yeah, because who's going to send somebody a two by four in the mail? Like what's going to get somebody's attention? Like, y- so there wasn't like either like
1: I'm going to, I they going to, there was no reason. Like there's no like explanation. It was literally awful just the most off the wall
2: thing that okay. you could think of.
1: Well, now you're, that just, one? now you're flaunting your wealth if you're sending anybody lumber, but,
2: you know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, <right>. um, <laughs> I don't
1: send you a gift card. I send you a
2: two-by-four. <laughs> like, I got the whole office one time to dress up in ugly Christmas sweaters, and we decorated one of our walls with a Christmas tree design, markered it up, and took a picture, printed out a photograph, and it said, all we want for Christmas is your business. We slapped a $5... Caribou gift card in there, and I walked around with a uh, fit inside of an ornament, and I delivered all these ornaments to my customers before Christmas. I did that, and to, and
1: to clarify, this was before Yellow Bike existed.
2: Yeah, yes, yes, because they would be Yellow Bike <laughs> gift cards at
0: this point. Caribou. Uh. <laughs> yeah, but even taking that leap of faith to spend that money on something that may or may not work, like. That takes something as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't
2: know. There's just a few few ideas for you in your next uh, venture. Yeah, I was going to say. Please do
1: not be mailing any of my potential customers to my force. Oh, I will Shen, be. Jen, I got an idea. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, going to Menards.
2: <laughs> there was another person that we used to work with. We used to work with him too. Uh, when we were trying to get Jack Links, uh, he made over 100 phone calls and left a voicemail on every single one. And just kept going, and would, he got creative with his voicemail. Hey, this is just my weekly check-in. Oh, hey, it's Tuesday. I didn't know if you knew that it's Tuesday, but just still trying to get a hold of you. <laughs> and eventually, he did get Jack Links to sign a contract. And yeah, giddy up. You, what we, else do we need to? Because the whole else? point
1: of this is who's Martin and what's Martin. Yeah. What else do we need oh, to I'm know? Not that
0: interesting. Don't worry.
1: Okay. So, so okay. Let's let's. Um, Let's resurface. Let's uh, retouch back because the one thing that I think is really fascinating is um, you come from a very, very different culture in your family. You come from Toronto, which is a very culturally diverse city. Uh, what do you think can be learned from people who don't have that experience? Because you have a very unique experience, and I think it's it's really amazing for people who grow up in a in a cross cultural um, environment and you didn 't even speak you said you didn 't even speak English so you went to school like you know Polish was your first language, so that is a very common thing for people who grew up in bigger cities like if they 're you know you know Latin or you know whatever but you don 't see a lot of the Eastern Europeans and that kind of thing but mm-hmm. it's it 's the same concept it 's the same concept that you are around a lot more cultures and your family is much more culturally steeped obviously so just talk about that a little bit like what do you think you 've You've gained from that, or what do you think your um, experience has been? And just speak to the people who just have no um, yeah no experience with that.
0: Yeah, I think being exposed to so much, I think it's made me more open-minded and more accepting of seeing different things. Um, so one of the biggest my one of my biggest takeaways once I went off to college was like I want to travel more because, and I recommend pe- people travel. Because it does make you more open-minded. The more you expose yourself, the more you see different things. And then once you become more open-minded, you see more opportunity in the world. Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's the biggest takeaway.
1: And, what, and you say you, you've used that term quite a few times about being open-minded. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you even mean by that?
0: I guess being not so rash to judge people if it's different from, from your normal, what you're used to. Um, I think you can always learn something from everyone. Yeah, I think one thing that is key for marketing and sales right now is just like honesty and transparency. So, for example, when I was looking for this used car, now um, when someone put in in the description, or oh, the negative is it's going to need a new timing belt, or the negative is it has a couple scratches, instantly I trusted that person more over the person that oh this car. Runs great. It's a great drive. Never had problems. And even if that's true, I'm not going to trust them Trust them as much as someone that's honest and transparent with, oh, maybe, the, maybe there, there are a couple of negatives. Mm-hmm. So,
1: yeah. yeah. People just want to know in, in life, too. We just want to know what's ahead. Which, I mean, we're living in a, a time right now where the media is saying one narrative. You've got one group of plagues saying another narrative. Like, there's like 25 narratives going on right now. And everybody is saying, oh, my gosh, how do we even sort through this? And what do we trust? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's just a a worldwide problem right now. And when we feel like we're just trying to be sold something because somebody's trying to push some sort of agenda on us, we don't want to do it. It doesn't matter what it is. If you feel that, you immediately resist it. You know, so this is what I appreciate about Martin and about you, Matt, is that everything you do has just such a genuine, like, I just want to help. I'm genuinely curious and I just want to help. And I love that. And that's why my hope for the Finding Fire podcast is that you guys just blow up. Because it's genuine. And I love it. What you and Ryan are doing is just super genuine. And I love it. Thank you. This was great. Martin, thank you. Yeah.
0: Thank you for the opportunity.
1: We want to hear your culture. Take us out Polish style.
0: Thank you, Matt, for the opportunity. I think uh, that's Polish. You made me feel welcome and comfortable, which is very important, I I would say, for an interviewee. Um, And everyone, dobranoc.